And this has been going on for eight years. Uh, they're like, oh, it's just not working. And I said, well, maybe we just need to look at it differently. Why isn't it working? And when we started to understand from the data, like we, we had three expert salespeople who aren't really incentivized to sell correctly, trying to sell a very, who were used to selling very complex products, now need to go sell a very simple product mm. differently. I said, well, how about we do something? We try this from a different angle. And I felt like the real problem after doing my research and understanding the real problem was focus. We ended up hiring a junior salesperson, never sold in his life, but had the drive and the willingness to do it. It's a super simple product to sell. Junior salesperson and just put behind him a technical expert that could help him once he got the once he got the opportunities, made him extremely disciplined that you're not traveling until you've really qualified the customer. You don't just go because I have a customer and then spend all your time on the road. No, 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 no. You're going to, like we gave him a very strict process to use, put a tech person behind him. In nine months, nine months, we grew 382%. really appreciate you having me. I, I appreciate being one of the first. Um, my friends always tell me that I'm, uh, I kind of help set the trends uh, within our, within our little group. So, uh, so cool. This is, this is good. So my name is Link Brown. I live in Geneva, Switzerland. I'm originally from the United States. Uh, I help Swiss and other European uh, small and mid-sized businesses, SMEs, um, accelerate the growth of their business in America all commercial and marketing work. Um, got 24 years of experience working um, in various different industries. I'll get into it later. But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Um, yeah, so thanks. Love it, love it, love it. Awesome. Uh, and the reason that I wanted to have this conversation with you is the fact that you're doing something that a lot of companies struggle with, which is um, breaking through to the U.S. market. Obviously, the U.S. is in every way the promised land, right? Everybody wants to sell their stuff in, in the U.S. Everybody wants to move there. Everybody like it's it's the, the one of the biggest markets out there. However, you know, it, it exactly that's exactly the reason why it's so hard to break in and to like, you know, get traction in those countries. Obviously, you, you know a lot more about that than I do, uh, but that was the main reason why I wanted to have this conversation is to just, you know, try to understand what kind of strategies you're doing both to attract companies and sell to companies who want to do uh, those things. And then how do you actually help them uh, promote their stuff uh, into the US? So why don't we just uh, start with, with like, you know, um, what are some basic things that you help them with when you start yeah. working with companies? So I uh, really help companies through three different phases. Um, so and so I kind of started with this whole idea of it, I call it the Git scale framework um, that I that I work under. And so Git is an acronym that stands for grounded, efficient and targeted. And so I'll explain it and then I'll explain why it will make sense the way I actually work with customers. Um, so grounded is all the, is about the idea of knowing your ultimate vision. Everybody wants to 10X their business, 20X their business. You know, like you said, the US is somewhat the promised land in, in the way people see it. Um, but you can get so enamored with that that you forget that you really have to take the first couple of steps in order to move forward. So grounded is all about saying, I have a big vision, but I have a very, um, but I'm very um, understanding that I need to take these next, concentrate on these next couple of steps. You know, in order to 10X, it's first necessary to 2X before that, right? <laughs> so very important. Um, and it's also one of the keys when I, well, the reason why I call it grounded is also because it's all about using what you have around you. Uh, I think the problem is, is that many people are trying to look outside of themselves and they say, no, that's not really what you do. What you should do is actually, particularly when you come from another culture or you think you're, you're at a disadvantage, is really use what you have to your advantage. That's your wins, your losses, your data, your customer feedback, all of these things in order to win. So uh, grounded is number one. The second is efficient. Efficient for me is about simplicity and simplicity gives you agility. The reality in the States is that there's just so much competition. There's so many places to go. There's so many types of ways you can sell and people to sell to that if you don't have really simple strategies that allow you to get data and move quickly, 
you lose. Um, and, and so it's all about, like I said, being efficient. The third is targeted. Targeted is this idea that just like the Pareto principle, right? 20% of the activities are going to affect 80% of the results. It's really the same in, in when you're growing in the States. Focus on that one or two things that you need to do and do it well. Give your, isolate the problem, really know the problem, and then give yourself as many options as you possibly can, simple options to solve it, right? So I take customers. So now to answer your question, I take customers through three steps. Uh, and I'll try to keep it short. We call it get clarity, right? Where it's really about understanding, like, like really looking at what you have, getting grounded, looking at what you have all year round around you and what the opportunities look like, kind of like a SWOT analysis, but way more in depth. Um, and then it's get traction where we start to move forward, but we take these small steps. We, we fail small and we get gather lots of data in order to be able to help us, um, really get really focused on where we need to, where we find the biggest impact. And then lastly, it's get momentum. And that's where we um, really take those next steps um, to optimize what's already working and really use that to then start to scale, scale growth from there. So that's really how I work with customers. I take them through those steps. And sometimes I leave them at the get clarity stage, stage for a while, particularly if they're just interested in um, if they're just entering the U.S. market, because uh, it's really a different mentality than the way things work in Europe. So yeah. maybe hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, we'll we'll dive deeper into everything that you do. I'm just curious. So I'm pretty sure that you niche down to Swiss companies. Um, mm -hmm. Is that correct? Correct. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Swiss companies in which industries? Like um, what types of what types of companies do you actually help to help uh, go into the U.S.? Is it like B two B, B two C? Is it you know tech? Is it mm -hmm. industrial? Like what kind of what, what kinds of companies? So most of my customers are either um, industrial or SaaS companies mm -hmm. um, that are or that are so manufacturing companies that are looking to go to the states. Um, also service-based companies as well. Um, those who are offering specific services could be uh, digital services, but could also be uh, physical services as well. Uh, the weird thing is, is I actually have some new clients that are more B2C in the consumer packaged goods industry. And it, it, because it has less to do with the industry itself, it's really more about the method and the mentality that you need to have to go. Got it. Got it. So how long have you been uh, doing this, uh, this specifically? Like, I know that you kind of had a, a slower transition into, into doing mm -hmm. this full time, but like, how long have you been doing this like full time? And maybe if you can share some uh, business stats, like, you know, how many clients or maybe revenue that you're making right now? Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave the revenue aside because in Switzerland, we never talk about revenue, but, um, <laughs> but I, um, but we do have, we do have, uh, so just, just to kind of turn this around so you understand, um, it started by me working in the U.S. and realizing that all my successes had come from helping foreign companies grow in the U.S. I had always done it, whether I was a salesperson or I was a business leader. I was always working with foreign businesses in the States. Um, so now uh, I have, uh, really I, keep, I try to keep five clients that I can work with at one time um, because it becomes a little bit difficult to actually to, to do more than that, but I'm constantly prospecting and moving. So uh, my plate is almost full. I need to fill up with one more. Uh, I've been at this for one year. Um, right now, really focusing in Switzerland on um, on Swiss businesses. Love it, <laughs> love it, awesome. Okay, and so let's say you know you're working with a, with a, let's say a service business or maybe a SaaS business, something like mm -hmm. that. So, what are some of the first steps that they would need to take in order to start entering the U.S. market from a very different and I would say more traditional and more conservative environment like uh, like Switzerland? Well, one of the first things I always like to take them through is to understand why they really want to go to the U.S. Like, why is it strategic? Because if it's just about money, um, I don't think it's a good enough reason. 
right? <laughs> right. It needs to be kind of strategic to your business. And you mm. really, you need to, I, I tell people that doing business in the States is not something you try. It's something you commit to. Uh. Okay. And so one of the first things I want to do before we even start is really making sure that they understand that. And this is actually why I usually work with companies who are already doing business in the States. They're already doing business, but they've, they got some initial traction and then it just started to kind of level out and they haven't been able to grow past that. Um, because if you're just entering, we really need to slow down and make sure that you, you understand it. If you're already there, I just want to understand a few things, real simple things like, what do you tell me about your experience? I want to know everything about your experience. I want to see all the data about your experience. And some people don't have good data. And so we want to make sure we, 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 we establish that for the client and we know what data we're looking at and what lens we're going to look at it through. Um, and then I want to know what worked. I want to know what didn't. I want to know all your customer feedback, everything so that we can then take a step back and start to say, okay, what do we really have to work with? Where are the opportunities? Um, and I also like to understand what are the frustrations? What have you done? And why do you feel like it didn't work? Because when someone says it didn't work, um, there's many reasons why things don't work, particularly right. in the States, because it's really easy to have lots of noise and, and not understand. So I want to understand what, what you tried hmm. and then what didn't work. And then I like to incorporate what, everything that you've done in our strategy to move forward. Well, cool. So, uh, and, and like, what have you heard from customers? Uh, like, what is the biggest reason why they're not succeeding? Like, how are they defining that success and why are they failing? Like, yeah. what, what is the, the usual reason what they tell you? Why aren't they being successful? Um, so the biggest reason, um, I think which the, the biggest reason that they tell me, or well, that I find <laughs> that they're not succeeding, I would say it's two. One is a translation of culture. Mm. And then the second becomes the approach, uh, particularly in Switzerland. Like So in Switzerland, when someone tells you they're going to do something, they do it. Um, it's a very fact-based, logical, um, value, value-oriented way of working. Mm. You sign a contract, you get exactly what you, what you said. The U.S. people... People buy and they sell differently. They sell on vision. They don't even miss, like you could sell something and not even know how to deliver it, right? In the States, <laughs> that people will do that all the time. Um, where Switzerland doesn't work that way. And so like, if you trust someone and then all of a sudden, you know, you don't get what you want, it then, it just makes you jaded. It makes you uh, skeptical of what the future is going to look like. And then you just go back to what you understood in your home country, in your own culture, and it kind of slows down your ability to, to progress. So, um, so I find that it's it's first an issue of translation of culture, and the second is just the approach. Um, I again, the approach is just being very, very pragmatic and very, very like I said, grounded, efficient, targeted in everything that we do, and don't ever get get um, get uh, as I put it, you know, distracted by the noise um and and part of and part of that approach as well is this whole idea of agility because sometimes like in cultures like you'll they'll have one particular like you come up with your strategy and you stick to the strategy and in the us you must stick to the vision of what you want but you must be willing to move and adjust the way you get there because the, the landscape is always changing and you need to be, you need to be conscious of that. Yeah. 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 Got it. So uh, is it, is it like, do they struggle? What's the biggest thing they struggle with? Is it hiring people in the U S is it even crafting the, the, the offer? Like, is it getting the first clients? Is it, you know, doing sales, you know, choosing what strategy, like choosing what marketing channel, go to market channel they're going to use. What, you know, what are those challenges that, that every company's every company's different and, and at different stages, different things will be highlighted. But I would say out of your list, I would say the two that I'm seeing the most are the go to market strategy 
generally, like how do you acquire customers, legion, acquiring customers? Uh, they'll try to do it very like the way they they're used to doing in the states. I mean, or or they get they get they buy into the idea that we're going to do lots of marketing, um, paid marketing with no way of really capturing the clients. So that mm-hmm. happens. That happens a lot. Um, I would say the second part is the hiring process, um, and it's really more kind of kind of a strategic strategic thing um, where, again, you just, in sales, sales, good salespeople are in demand in the U.S., right? And so um, it is quite common for a great salesperson to be really like a mercenary. And just if you're willing to make more somewhere else, they move. It's very common for this to happen. Or it doesn't really happen like this in Europe and in the States. Like, it, again, in the U.S., it could be two weeks notice. Sometimes they don't even give you two weeks. It's just it's just, it's just a different world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say those are probably the two. And one other that's actually been coming up very recently, um, but I'm, I'm noticing more and more, is this idea of people wanting to, exp- like, they'll have a regional approach and they'll expand to more regions, thinking that that's how they're going to get more business. And I'm like, no, that just makes you more diluted, right? <laughs> like, like because the U.S. is so big, like, to understand, like, um, the Midwest is 20% of the U.S. economy, but 20% of the U.S. economy is still larger than every country in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, you don't need to get more territory. You just design. need to, like, get more focused, right? So that's kind of one another thing that I'm seeing as well. Yeah, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Um, I personally had, so I was working at a job, we were um, basically selling SDR as a service. So, mm-hmm. you know, an outsourcing near shore, whatever you want to call it, service where, you know, we hire folks in Serbia and staff them to US companies. Or at some point we were trying to staff, you know, uh, European companies with Serbian talent to mm-hmm. attack the U.S. market. And mm. um, the biggest challenge there was actually finding companies, uh, like, you know, finding triggers, finding cues that are going to tell us, oh, this company might be going into the U.S. This company might be thinking of, ex- of expanding geographically. And so how are you kind of going about, you know, finding those companies, are they finding you? If so, like, what are your, uh, you know, inbound channels that you're generating that traffic from? Or like, are you doing outbound? Like, what's your, what's your strategy there? Yeah, thanks. Um, so m- my strategy is really, I do a lot of outbound. I use LinkedIn a lot. So, um, because for me, I feel like that's where I'm going to find the people um, to do that. But I don't just stick on LinkedIn, I'm also getting involved. Uh, so I have a, a f- quite a few. So I'm doing volunteering at some of the startup groups, um, not really to get, because startups really aren't my clients, but it's really just to get involved with the ecosystem to understand understand it more. Uh, I'm doing free lectures at, um, at universities. I'm doing, or at different uh, industrial parks um, as well. Um, these, are, these are simple. I do making content on LinkedIn and then also, like I said, just a lot of outbound direct messaging. So when I do it, though, I I think a lot of this comes down to approach. So it's it's like I said. So when I reach out to somebody, I say that everybody is either a prospect, a referral or a friend. Um, Right. So either we can do business together or we're um, you could connect me to someone who can do business with me or we're a friend. And for me, what a friend is, is someone who does something for someone else. And so I want to be a friend to the person I'm reaching out to. So my the way that I reach out, everything I say is all geared towards leaving myself open for us to either do business, you to give me a referral or me to help you in whatever your business is. And, and I will often, even if they, when they connect with me on LinkedIn, even if they can't, um, they can't do business. I try to like try to give something to them, uh, right? This is just the whole concept of recipro- reciprocity. It's going to come back to you, 
right? You just, you don't know from when or from where. You just know, like, what are some simple things I can do to help someone else? So mm-hmm. I find it's it's not like I would never send someone a direct message and say, hey, I help uh, companies, uh, you know, uh, well, I do say that I help companies accelerate growth of business in the States. But I don't say, hey, do you want, do you want, maybe let's meet immediately. Oh, you want to do this? Like I say, this is what I do. We have some mutual connections. I love to connect. And then I let the conversation evolve with that whole three-step uh, process that I use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're focusing on creating relationships, starting conversations, like without really having, uh, at least it seems like that, without really having an end goal necessarily of like, I want your business. You're more like generating that, you know, uh, word of mouth, starting conversations, creating relationships that will end up in some kind of uh, business now, regardless of whether it's going to be with that person or it's going to be with somebody they refer or uh, something like that. Correct. Yeah, because people people need to trust you before they before they do business with you. So mm. um, you need to be very clear. What I my outbound strategy is always to be very clear about what I do. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't I don't ever want to. I'm not trying to fool anyone, um, but I'm also not trying to be pushy or act as this is, as if as if this is transactional because it's not transactional this is about relationships it's about con- real connection so i'm going everyone i meet with if i can do something for you i will everyone um or you can refer me or maybe i'll refer someone to you if you have a different focus um and, and it's all about creating those relationships knowing that eventually someone's going to know about someone who's going to the states and they're going to, you know, Google or LinkedIn, some some American black dude like who's, 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 who's in Geneva and they'll figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's a bit funny, but but you're you're right. Um, at least that's how I view service businesses as well. Um, it's more so making sure that somebody else says, hey, I know a person, I know a guy, and they don't even necessarily have to know you, know you. Like, hey, we, exactly. you know, we've been to lunch. They know of a person. And hopefully that person will you know, create value. If not, they still made, made a referral. They, they still kind of made a deposit in their own you know, um, uh, way of just like creating value for another person. And uh, the more people can refer you, the better, even mm-hmm. even if they don't know you or haven't worked with you. And that's why I think it's a lot better to create relationships, create inbound demand uh, when selling services rather than doing pure outbound. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your uh, opinion on this. I've come across a lot of different opinions when it comes to doing outbound um, and some people are like, hey, creating relationships, it's all good, but, you know, it's not going to hit me my quota. It's not, you know, it's not sustainable. It's not uh, quick enough, et cetera. And so what do you think? Is it, is it, you know, relationship building? Is it only for, you know, solo founders, people who, who can, um, you know, who can actually endure a longer period of time until they get that business? Or do you think there is a way, for example, for SDRs, BDRs, and, you know, folks with, with quotas to do the same thing um, successfully? Yeah. Well, my question then, my question back to someone who said that would be, how long does it take to create a relationship? Right. Like how long does it actually take to make, to create a relationship? I believe you can create a relationship within minutes. Mm-hmm. The question is, is, is what's your focus? Um, is your focus, if again, if the conversation is transactional, you end up in a situation where, it, it, um, yes, you, you might be able to move faster, maybe, but you won't get the business coming back to you or coming in, you don't set yourself up long-term for success. So I go, you can build a relationship very quickly, but you should always be looking to build relationships, even if it's a 10 minute conversation. We built a relationship in a 
you know, 10 minute conversation or 15 minute conversation. It had, it was an email and a 15, 20 minute phone call. It didn't take long, right? Um, you just need to be authentic. You need to be specific about what you do and it can work. The other thing is, how about, um, I'm kind of old school. So I go, how about just outworking other people, right? Like, like instead of saying, you know, I need to make uh, 30 outreaches a day, how just just make 60? Like, because it's going to come back to you. Try to make 60 authentic connections. But again, authentic doesn't need to be a, a, a two hour process. You don't need to have a coffee with everybody, right? You need to, you need to, you need to just show that you are there to serve them. And that is how, how it works. So again, I, I um, you know, people can try whatever method they want. I have found that long-term what works where it's best for me is to do more work than anyone else and be more authentic right. um, than anyone else as well. So if I'm more authentically me and I just outwork you, I can't lose. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that is true. Um, although it did remind me of this uh, continuous discussion online about, you know, work-life balance and, mm. you know, outworking everybody else can lead to people feeling exhausted, feeling, you know, um, burnt out. Obviously, I've got my own opinions on that. But, you know, <laughs> what's your what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's... Like, I think burnout is different for everybody. Um, yeah. So how, how do you see that? Uh, if I could tell you a really short story. Mm, please. Um, all right. So 2020, I think it's 2020. I can't remember. So I was, um, I was, felt like I was depressed. I was getting divorced. I think it was COVID time. Like it was a mess in my life. I was living in Switzerland, um, working for a company like where it was just, combative every day. It was just, it was just crazy. I was just tired. I was exhausted. And I remember I used to cancel all of my meetings, um, my morning meetings, and I would just curl up in my bed and just be like, forget it. I can't do it. And I thought I was depressed. Like I thought I was burnt out. I thought I was depressed. And I remember uh, I had done this for like maybe three or four straight days. Um, and then one day, a, a mentee of mine, a, a young lady that I mentor, texts me and says, hey, Link, I need your help. I have a business question. I need your help. And immediately I stood up and I started like I, I helped like for the next hour. We were just we were going at like just really helping her like solve her problem. And I was like really into it. I had all this energy. And then I got finished and I was like, wait. I'm not depressed. And it made me, it clicked in my head at that point that all that really was is my priorities were wrong. I had spent my, I was spending all my time worrying about everything from a divorce to work to, you know, what am I going to do uh, with my life? Like it's, it's meaningless. And I just said from that day on, I just said, I'm just going to prioritize my life and focus it on the things that I want to do. That, that, that does like, I go bike ride. I love bike riding. I love hiking. I love spending time with my children and my family and my, my new wife. Like, but I go now I have eliminated all of the crap and said, I only spend my time doing the things that bring me energy. And sometimes bringing me energy is relaxing. But when I work, I work for this reason. When I play, I play for this reason. And I think it's just a different perspective on being able to say, like, 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 I don't really worry about burnout. I worry about setting my priorities in the right direction so I don't have to worry about burnout. Yeah. That doesn't mean you that don't recover. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I'm just thinking, have you ever had similar episodes later? Meaning like, no. you know, feeling depressed again or, or, or similar? Well, I've felt overburdened and i realized once again it was it, like i had to stop and just go 
Um, now, I also believe in psychologists as well. So I think that's something that people should invest in. Um, it's been the great investment for me. I go to one, you know, once a month, like for clarity. I'm like, and that's cool. But I've always found that every time I felt a certain way, it was always my priorities were in the wrong place. Right. My focus was in the wrong place. And by the way, that actually has a has a um, a, a parallel with European businesses when they're doing work in the states as well, because many times, like again, the U.S. is so much noise. The U.S. your U.S. subsidiary, your U.S. business is going to be different from your from the Swiss business, and so what ends up happening. So sometimes all of this noise and all of this turbulence can start to cause anxiety almost. And it goes, no, always take a step back. Always realize one, the answers are inside of you, not somewhere outside. And two, take a step back, get really focused, simplify even more um, so you can move forward instead of making it making it more difficult. Every time in my life, it's always worked. So I, I think it's, I try to teach customers to do the same. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. And uh, I just I just remembered another question that I wanted to ask you. How how different is the offer, the new offer for the states compared to the offer that is currently existing for for the European ecosystem? Is it different? You know, how much? Yeah. Uh you mean for me? No, no, no. Not I mean for for, for your businesses that I help. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, because for me, I, I only work with, with European businesses. So, um, yeah, so what I, again, it depends, but I can tell you some things that are definitely for sure that happen is the messaging always needs to be more um, simplified. And it doesn't mean dumbed down. It means getting to the point of what it actually does, what the product actually does or what the service, like the benefit of what it actually does. You can't be long winded. I like to be long winded, but you can't be long winded <laughs> in your messaging. Um, you must be. It's always simple. It's always um, emotional. Mm -hmm. It just becomes a much more emotional in what um, sense? play. Um even for boring products, um, the way you're going to sell to a client is different. I'll give you an example. The company I was working with, I used to work with uh, years ago, was um, they had a very high tech, very um, diverse product. It could be used for lots of different things. It was thermal analysis, which was for, for material scientists. Um, but it was very complicated. Lots of different options, lots of different products. And it was just hard to understand. But after interviewing customers, I realized, wait, people only buy from us for three different reasons. Either they want experimental control, or they want instrument versatility, or they want quality results. Like, it's only those three things. It, all your options, all that stuff, like, you need to get to the point where you just, you can, you can tell, tell the customer, what are the benefits and be able to identify why that why a prospect would want to buy from you so the offers must become much they become much simpler we create packages that are that are more like standard with options instead of like the customer having to go through lots of different um lots of different mental gymnastics to figure out what it is um complex doesn't mean better in the u.s society complex just means a waste of my time uh, right. So you have to change the way the way things work. So the offers usually be are much simpler. And then we try to say it in a way that feels much more valuable, even if it's not any different. Got it. Um, that's that's really uh, it's it's super interesting to me because um, I've been I've been selling into the US and the EMEA markets for the past years and um there are differences and i think the biggest one is the one that you just described which is making sure that your message is extremely simplified mm -hmm. uh, when when selling to the us for example 
Um, and I've noticed that, you know, in MIA people are more like Europeans are like, you know, they want to chat, they want to explore, but they're not really necessarily interested in buying. They just want to know their options, they, whatever. Um, and they are open to reading longer messages or, you know, having longer conversations, whatever. In the US, it's more like, you know, get straight to the point. What am I getting out of this? What is the, the main outcome that I'm getting from what you want to do with me? And mm -hmm. I just move on. I move on. Don't like, don't waste my time. Um, and I'm not saying one or the other is better. It's just different. And, and knowing that difference uh, uh, can actually help, help like businesses grow. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. One's not better at all. It's yeah. it's just it's different. But also, I do think that understanding how to sell in the U.S. Mm. can inform you how to sell better in Europe. Mm. I like that perspective. Yeah, I mean the world is changing. So if you can get the U.S. culture down, and that doesn't mean that you should try to sell in the U.S. in Europe like the U.S. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means let it inform you for like how to make your messaging, how to make your, how to um, um, really differentiate yourself in a simple way yeah. to your to your European clients. And, and maybe you're going to put more words around it and that's completely fine. But I feel like the messaging really helps, um, can really be honed when you understand how to sell in the States. I love that. Um, that's really nice. What are you, what is your, um, how would you describe your, your own ideal customer? Like what oh. kind of company, how big are they, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I think about a persona mm -hmm. I go, my ideal person to work with is a commercial or business leader, Swiss commercial or business leader who understands the fundamentals of business. Mm -hmm. already has success in Europe and actually sees um, is able to like navigate the different cultures that exist within Europe. But then when they sell in the States, there is this disconnect that they don't understand. They don't understand why it's not like why, even though they're extremely clear on how to sell in Germany versus France versus Austria or Serbia. Like they understand that or Italy. Mm -hmm. They understand those different cultures. They don't understand why a place that feels like it should be very similar isn't. That's like the perfect person for me. Um, they need to have already, the point is they're already doing business in the States. They've made the commitment. Um, they're definitely an SME, so under 500 people. Let's just say, mm -hmm. um, and they're just going. How how can I see this differently? How can I work differently? And that's really what I try to help them do. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And if we envision that person, so if if you know you were to have a quick conversation with them, what would be the three things that you would tell them that they need to nail down? in order, like three tangible things, like actionable things that they mm -hmm. need to do in order to start having and seeing success in uh, expanding to the United States? Uh, I would go back to my get scale method. You need to be very grounded. <laughs> you, need to under, you need to be very grounded in your approach. You need to be very, and, and that's just understand everything you're working with. Look at your successes and failures differently. Try to take a step out of that. Um, Give me an example. Use the data around you. Um, Okay. Uh, okay. A client I worked with, their name was C-Therm. They're actually a Canadian company in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, they were saying, oh, um, you know, what they had, I was their distributor at the time. They, um, they and I had just started you know, running the business, running the U.S. business. Mm -hmm. And they said um, they had with three salespeople, the salespeople, weren't very efficient, like they weren't, they weren't working well. And I said, um, you know, and this had been going on for eight years. And I said, okay. Uh, they're like, oh, it's just not working. And I said, well, maybe we just need to look at it differently. We just need to say like, why isn't it working? And when we started to understand, like from the data, like we, we had three expert salespeople who aren't really incentivized to sell correctly, trying to sell 
a very who were used to selling very complex products now need to go sell a very simple product. Mm. They're finally saying, well, how about we do something? We try this from a different angle. Um, what's the real problem? And I felt like the real problem after doing my research and understanding the real problem was focus. And so ended up hiring a junior salesperson, never sold in his life, but had the drive and the willingness to do it. It's a super simple product to sell. Junior salesperson and just put behind him a technical expert that could help him once he got the, once he got the opportunities, made him extremely disciplined that you're not traveling until you've really qualified the customer. You don't just go because I have a customer and then spend all your time on the road. No, 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 no. You're going to like, we gave him a very strict process to use, put a tech person behind him in nine months, nine months, we grew 382% by doing less. Yeah. So it had nothing to, it's, it's saying, take the information around you, take the data that you have around you, take your failures and look at them differently. Was it that you didn't have enough salespeople? No. Mm -hmm. It was that the salespeople weren't focused on the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so we need to put people in the right places so that then they could be successful. And so those three salespeople became more successful at the other things they were selling. And this new sales guy who was making half the amount of money of everyone else traveling, mm, uh, maybe maybe fifty percent of the time it's everyone else, but just focused, knew exactly what to say, knew how to handle it, and then a tech tech person behind him who could explain the deep detail if we needed to, very quickly could make that change. Nice. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So that's what we what we think what you mean when you say grounded. Okay, what's next? What, what is the the second second step? Efficient. Efficient, right? Okay. So efficient, taking efficient action to get traction. So um, maybe I'll give you an example. example. Yeah, I'll give you a specific example, even from my business. Um, so when I first started launching, again, I have global experience. I've worked in 40, uh, 86, 82 countries I've shipped product to. I've traveled to 43 countries. You know, at first I was thinking, oh, I'm going to expand. Uh, I'm going to help and um, uh, uh, just help people expand globally. And then I started to do the numbers and I said, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work with Swiss companies and European companies and US companies. Okay, so then I just started to take these little steps. So I started to do my outbound work to these three different tests and I would just test it out, test out what was going on. And I quickly realized that 90% of my opportunities were coming from Switzerland. And none of them are coming from the U.S., even though I'm American. Why? Because I'm based in Europe. Because um, because I, you know, because uh, my messaging was more focused towards the European who doesn't understand U.S. culture. And I said, okay, stop. Focus in. Get. Um, I take these small steps. Took me a month and a half to figure out. To just just no, you need to focus in and go just for. Um, for Swiss businesses, but we have, um, if I showed you my pipeline, you would, <laughs> it would, it, I, we'll put it like this. I'm very happy with the pipeline I have and am not concerned. Just focusing and doing that small step really allowed me to focus very quickly. Mm. Okay. And then the last step and, is and targeted. The last, targeted. Okay. Yep. Focus on the one thing that you need to do. And one thing. One thing. And so I can go back to that T-Therm example. Um, or I'll give you another example. There's a company that I was helping, a SaaS company that wanted lead generation. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, they didn't want help with their sales sales process. So I was like, okay, whatever. We help them like revamp their, their lead generation. So what was the, the they, they had a follow-up process. They had a, a process in general, but it was like they weren't getting any meetings. And so I was like, so I just implemented my prospect referral and friend approach. Mm -hmm. And in six weeks, we changed. And so I said, the, the targeted thing that we need to do is create a real process that allows you to, that allows you 
the customer to actually follow up. Because even if you connect it once, they might be interested, but you need to really like follow through with these people. In six weeks, we were able to increase their legion 545% in, in six weeks. But it was just by saying, no, no, no. The problem is, is you don't have the proper follow-up sequence. So mm-hmm. we've only focused on that. We didn't really change any messaging. We just changed how people followed up and what the process was that they worked with. And it changed everything. Oh, I, I love it, man. It was, that, that, that was an amazing piece of, uh, you know, process change. Now, I heard that you were saying um, that you didn't really change the messaging. You only changed the process itself. You only changed exactly. the cadence of the follow-ups, which I really love because it's incredible how many companies do not have a follow-up process. That is like, I, I don't know. I, 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 it happens. It's fine. That's why, that's why you know, people like Link Brown exist. Um, so, okay, cool. Um, you know, what, how should I put this? Like what criteria would a company, uh, uh, like maybe even like this, where do people find you? Um, and what can they expect, um, to gain from, uh, mm. from working with you? Mm. I love that question. I love the second part of the question. The first part is easy. Um, so pretty much the easiest place to meet, get, to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Okay. And my handle is the link Brown, T H E L I N K B R O W N on any social media. It's the link Brown. So, um, whether it's YouTube, uh, I'm not putting a ton of things on YouTube right now, but anything you want to reach me, the link Brown, what can you expect? Um, man, I love that question. What you can expect from me, one, is authenticity. Um, I am, I, maybe I'm not polished. Maybe I'm not, uh, not going to tell you everything you want to hear, but I'm going to tell you what's actually worked. I'm going to tell you things. I'm not telling you from theory, from one success story I've had that allowed me uh, to then give me some authority, my company got bought out or uh, some some something. No, I'm telling you, I, I, my whole life story is one where I have taken what I've had. I found efficient ways and targeted ways to drive it in every company I've ever been with. It's worked. And I try to say that humbly, but I say that very confidently as well to know that I'm just going to give you the best I have. If I don't know the answer, either I'll help you find the answer or, uh, or I'll tell you, I can't do it. Um, and I would just say like, yeah, so authenticity and just a willingness to win. I love winning. I love underdogs. I love, um, yeah, I just, I love, I love winning and I love winning against the odds. So if you're in for the fight, I'm a good guy to work with. If, um, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, it's just my mentality. It's the way I am. I'm, I'm scrappy. And, uh, and yeah, I just try to be as authentic as possible. And yeah. yeah. Right. That's a, that, that, that's yeah. a nice, nice response. Um, are you, by the way, working uh, solo, like in a, in a consul- consultative uh, approach? Or like, do you have a team? Like, you know, are you doing only consulting and helping their internal team or do you have your own team that does uh, some yeah. part of the, the So I have both an internal team who does a lot of the delivery for our Legion systems, uh, any social media, any research that needs to be done. I have an internal team that does that. I do most of the strategic work mm-hmm. um, with companies. I also have a team of people who are outsourced salespeople as well, because sometimes a company wants a local salesperson yeah. um, to help them grow. So I have, uh, I have, I have that, and then I also have a network of really high-end, high-efficiency people. So I have a um, to work in different industries, uh, like for medtech, for example. Uh, the partner I use, he's he was uh, the lead, um, the lead commercial person for a unicorn uh, med- medical device company. Um, for CPG, a uh, woman worked at Coca-Cola, Frito-Lay, uh, like knows, really knows the, um, the industry. So, and then I just have connections everywhere. Um, so internal team, 
outsource teams, and then partners that I use as well. Nice, nice. Sounds like a tight knit uh, community of experts that you can always tap into. I love that. Yeah. Um, and now let's say final question is, um, how long does it, you know, uh, does a, a project with you uh, uh, last for? Is it a few months? Is it years? Is it a retainer? Is it like, how do you, how do you work with companies in that sense? Right. So they can work with me in multiple ways, but usually I like to work. Um, I, I do not like to work by the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't think it's valuable for anyone. I usually <laughs> like to tie it to a project. <laughs> um, uh, and so what usually happens is they, there is a, we, we work mainly on commission, but we have minimums. So uh, there's a minimum amount that they're going to pay as we get the program up and running. And then that counts towards the commissions as we start to, as we start to grow their business for them. And then certain things like the, a, a salesperson, a, um, a lead, the legion management, all of that is like a monthly charge on top of that. Got it. Got it. Well, I love it. Um, this was amazing. And I was, I was very intentional with asking these questions in case there is somebody listening who wants to, uh, expand to the U.S. or is struggling with the notion, um, and would, uh, would would prefer you know getting help from an expert like you. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time talking us through these strategies. I'm gonna I'm gonna write about them in uh, on LinkedIn and, and in the newsletter. I'm gonna promote you a little bit, uh, and hopefully get uh, you know get you maybe even some more inbound traction uh, as well. Right. But um, yeah, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed and we should do this again. If not, you know, publicly, we should we should catch up more often. Oh, Stefan, it's really sincerely. Uh, I loved meeting you the first time. Like, I really enjoyed our initial conversation. Definitely enjoyed this. I appreciate the opportunity to share and uh, to get some questions. Sorry to get, get to ask you next time. I'll be I'll be more. Uh, back and forth with uh, with the questions. No, uh, don't worry about but, it. Yeah. But like, if you if you have any any questions, top of mind, feel free to uh, to ask me. I'm I'm more than happy to get you know uh, asked, uh, vice versa. Very cool. Yeah, no, we'll definitely do it again. I really appreciate it. Um, right. Yeah, let's stay in touch. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. All righty.